Welcome! You're listening to Uncommon Sense, and I'm Doug Morgan. And also, welcome to the new season and the very first podcast of the year, 2021. Yes, 2020 is finally in the rearview mirror, and uh, and we're glad to see that. Will 2021 be any different? Well, only time will tell, I guess, right? Uh, here at, at Uncommon Sense, we, we really do hunt for truth, and... When we do that, we, we want to see what truth is. We want to see the lies. We want to see uh, the biases that, and cut through all of those to get to the truth. Um, and, and any of you that know uh, anything about hunting, you know that you hunt during the light, during the day. Uh, you don't go out at night and hunt. You hunt during the day. And why is that? Well, the case is that, that you can see where the uh, animal is. You can see where the bird is or whatever you're hunting, you can't see those things at night. You see those during the light. And so uh, when we take a look at scripture, we also see something very similar. We see John 1, 5 that says, the light shines in the darkness and the darkness has not overcome it. The, the Bible talks a lot about uh, living in the light to, um, to, to take away the darkness uh, we, we aren't to gravitate toward darkness, we're to gravitate toward the light and the light of, of Jesus Christ. And one of the things that, that has really troubled me about the last election in particular is the lack of light that we saw during that election. Uh, from, you know, boarded up windows, so poll watchers, you know, couldn't see, uh, to keeping those same poll watchers so far away that they couldn't see anything. Uh, even to sending the poll washers home and then, you know, running hidden ballots through balloting machines multiple times. Uh, there's been a real severe lack of light on on our election process. And, you know, when, when, we, see, um, when we see a lack of light in a certain area, then we often see corruption and we see bad things happen. Um, I myself, I can... I can remember when I was on a city council and, and eventually became mayor. Um, we, we had, when I first got on the city council, we had uh, some funds that had, that had been voted for to go toward a uh, electronic billboard. Uh, it was a kind of a small one, just kind of a monochrome uh, red uh, billboard outside the city hall. But what it did was it, it would say the different things uh, that were going on within the city, like uh, when the city council meetings were going to happen, and 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 just giving a, uh, some information on a way that was easy to read and quick. As you were driving by, you could you could see something, and and it, it shed light on what the city was doing. And w when I got on the city council, the vote had been taken to purchase this, and and then I supported it all the way through when it was installed and that type of thing. It cost literally $12,000 to install this board and, 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 you know, purchase and install it. And from, from the, from the time I got onto the city council all the way through when I was mayor, we had people come constantly and say, why would you spend $12,000 to put up this billboard? And my, my answer to them every time was because I want to shed light where I can. Whenever the 
the, the government can be transparent. Wherever I can shed light in an area that doesn't necessarily have a lot of transparency or light, then I'm going to try to do that. And, and the $12,000 seem uh, just a drop in the bucket to be able to do that, to inform people of what was going on, to allow them to get uh, to be a part of the process. And yet I took a lot of flack for supporting that that billboard. And, and yet it was done, like I say, simply out of trying to shine light and, and communicate and, and inform people of what was happening within their local government. So uh, when I came across this National Review article entitled The Data Analysis um, Analysts Who Believe they're un- uh, They've Uncovered Widespread Illegal Voting in Georgia, uh, and this was written by Ryan Mills uh, back in Dece- on December 9th, then it really turned my head, and, and, and I wanted to take a look at this because it talks about some expert witnesses, um, Davis, uh, Brainerd, and Giels. Uh, they all were uh, or are expert witnesses uh, for a, um, each one actually is, it works for a different firm. They worked independently uh, of each other, but each utilized a variety of state national databases uh, for their analysis. Uh, and th- these included Georgia voter registration files, uh, absentee and early voter files, uh, voter history files, and and a national address change database even. And so when you take all of these databases and, and, and what these guys did was in, instead of you know, trying to go into you know, finding voter fraud uh, here or there, what they did was they just simply took these, this, this data and these databases and they just started comparing them to each other. And when they did that, uh, they were able to put together an affidavit, uh, like for instance, Davis put together an affidavit that said, that he identified 14,980 people who voted after moving out of the state of Georgia. So that's almost 15,000, that's 20 votes short, 20 people short of 15,000 people who moved out of the state of Georgia and yet voted anyway in the state of Georgia. Now he also found that 40,000, over 40,000, 40,279 people who moved across state lines more than 30 days before the election, but yet they cast a ballot in their former county. That's over 40,000 people who illegally voted because they moved and yet voted anyway where they moved from. Now, in this affidavit, the article says, Giels, the data... uh, analytics guy, and he's also a data analytics and risk assessment expert. <laughs> he's from Seattle, and he's sit, he identified 4,500 people who voted in Georgia despite not having even registered to vote. So you have people who haven't even registered to vote, but did vote over 4,500 people. He also said he, he found as many as as two, uh, 2,560 inmates who cast ballots. And of course, inmates are not allowed to vote. That is one of your rights that is taken away from you. When you do become an inmate, you cannot vote while being in prison. <laughs> and yet 2,560 in the state of Georgia did this. Here's a number for you right here. 66,247, 66,000, 
247 people who cast ballots who were registered to vote before their 17th birthday. So, individuals who have are not even 17 years old yet, they cast ballots and were registered to vote before their 17th birthday. That's pretty amazing. And as many as 10,315 people who cast ballots that, that, um, that were actually dead before Election Day. So they had died before Election Day. They cast ballots. 10,000, over 10,000. Now you can say, well, yeah, maybe somebody you know, did a, an early uh, ballot and then died you know, within the days thereof. But 10,315 people? I don't think that's probably statistically possible. So uh, if, if you haven't been keeping score, <laughs> maybe you're driving, whatever, you, you didn't write down all the numbers, and I know you know we can get bogged down in numbers, um, but never fear. Like I say, we're hunting for truth here, and I have done the work for you. <laughs> uh, so if you take voters who moved out of state, 14,980, you take and add to that number those who moved across county lines 30 days before election. So again, these are people that that be 30 days before, before you could even vote, you know, beforehand, early voting. They moved into a different county. And so they obviously can't vote where they came from. 40,279. And then you add to that 4,502 who are non-registered voters, voters that aren't even registered to vote, and then 2,560 inmate voters, 66,247 underage voters, and then 10,315 dead voters. You add all those numbers together, and you come up with a whopping 138,883 illegal votes in Georgia. That is almost 140,000 illegal votes in the state of Georgia. Okay? Who won the state of Georgia? Joe Biden when it came to our presidential election. And how many votes did he win by? 12,000. So we have 140,000, almost 140,000 votes that were cast illegally. I'm not saying all of them were cast for Joe Biden, but you have 140,000 votes cast illegally and he wins by 12,000. Now, there is some serious darkness going on here. There is a serious lack of light when it comes to this type of stuff. And to my, you know, to my knowledge, this case has not been settled. Um, you know, I don't I I know that there was a case very similar to this in Georgia that was even assigned to a judge that couldn't hear it, and so it's just still still in limbo. And we're talking about, you know, the first day of the new year now. And yet, this is not being expedited because there's a serious lack of light and just a lot of darkness when it comes to this election. And in particular, some, uh, some areas where we see some swing states, there was a lot of darkness and a very serious lack of light. Um, you know, when I was... Um, yeah, when I was mayor, uh, uh, we we had a situation where the water there was a water district 
that wasn't a part of the city. In, in a lot of cities, uh, the water district is part of the city, and that's just the way it is. But in, in my community, uh, it wasn't. The actual water district was formed about a year, maybe two, if I remember right, before the city was even formed. And so it stayed uh, its, its own thing. It, it elected its own uh, board, and it did its own thing separate from the city. And, and in some ways, that was good. In some ways, that wasn't so good. But one of the things was we saw a lot of corruption and we saw a lot of uh, a lack of light when it came to this this water district and and that's another podcast uh, you know when when we get, we'll, we'll get into that sometime because that was a very interesting uh, thing that went on but one of the things that happened through it is we we saw uh, so, some of the corruption that was happening and 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 it just kind of boggled your mind because of this lack of light uh, this 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 uh, water district had a budget committee. Of course, you have to have one by law, but because they were trying to hide things, because there was a lack of light, there is literally budget committee members that didn't know they were on the budget committee. (laughs) Believe it or not, they literally put people on the budget committee that didn't know that they were on the budget committee. Didn't, didn't Didn't even ask to be, didn't know they were on it, but were on it for years and their names were on the budget committee but they were never sent, you know, any budgets. They were never allowed to vote. They were never told the meetings. I mean, all this stuff, right? It was a serious lack of light here. And when we found the names of the budget, budget committee members, and we were saying, why would you vote for this budget that is, that, that is so corrupt? And they were, I didn't even know I'm on the budget committee. And so there was one gal who, who then said, well, you know what? If I'm on the budget committee, I want to shed some light here. And I would like to see you know, the numbers and, and they put up such a, uh, a front to the, to her and they did a smear campaign on her. She was a local business owner. They tried to shut her business down. They, uh, they, there was articles run in local press, uh, and, and just, just a smear campaign and, and, and they did everything they could to try to shut uh, her up and they tried to not let the light shine in this dark place and and the same thing is happening here i i i again come across an article from red state is by brandon morris and it, it's from yesterday it's from december 31st and uh and it says this says texas senator ted cruz is calling out the obvious uh corruption happening right before our eyes in georgia by judge leslie abrams gardner the sister of the failed georgia governor candidate stacy abrams uh, who rules uh, to allow what effectively amounts to no rules in Georgia when it comes to voting rules, okay? She just ruled basically that you don't have to have rules when it comes to voting. Uh, how the state, uh, how the Senate swings in one direction or another all boils down to Georgia, and Gardner is definitely rigging the game by allowing Georgians to effectively vote for Senate candidates in the state, even if they moved away from their location. Gardner recently issued a restraining order against Muskogee and Ben Hill, no, not Benny Hill, but Ben Hill County election officials from purging their voter rolls of people with unverified change of address data. This happened after election officials asked Gardner to recuse herself from the case due to her relationship with Abrams, who is, of course, a Democratic voting rights uh, operative and supporter of Joe Biden. Gardner clearly refused to do this. 
former White House Press Secretary Ari Fletcher weighed in by plainly pointing out what Gardner was ruling, uh, what her ruling allowed. And he said this, he said, quote, this makes no sense, he tweeted. A judge, the sister of Stacey Abrams, ruled that when someone tells the U.S. Postal Service that they have moved, they still can vote from their old address. Rules have no meaning anymore, he says. This is nuts, unquote. And of course, uh, you know, Cruz then weighed in as well, and he said, quote, this is absurd. He said, this is an obvious case of recusal for Stacey Abrams, sister, uh, to, uh, to refuse to recuse. The issue is decision, uh, this, this decision, despite her, her you know, biases, it undermines the integrity of the entire judicial system, unquote. You see, this is what's happening, and this is what happens a lot of time. When, when, when the light starts to shine in a dark place, you see a lot of things scurry, and you see them trying to, to make it so that the light can't come their way. They don't like light. It, they, you, can't, you can't operate illegally. You can't, uh, you can't do uh, nefarious things in, in, in the light. And so you, you covet the darkness. You want the darkness. That's what the Bible says. Those who, who, who seek the darkness, they're, they're, not, they're not of God. They're not people who, uh, who, who crave the light and want truth. They're, they're individuals who do not want that. And that's not a godly thing. Um, you know, if you uh, are for open and fair elections, why would you not want to make, you know, as sure as possible, that every vote is a good one? Why wouldn't you want that? I mean, that's my question, is, is that if you really do want open elections, if you do want to see the, the, the light in, in our electoral process and make sure that everybody who casts a legal vote is, is counted, but, but votes that aren't legal, that they aren't counted, if, if, you don't, if, if that's what you want, then why would you not want light? Why would you not want transparency? What could possibly be wrong? with taking out bad registrations, and unless you're trying to hide something in the dark. You know, I'm, I myself, uh, early in my adult life, moved eight times in seven years, believe it or not. Um, and, and I know a, a, lot of, a lot of young people, when, when they first leave home, you know, they, they do move a lot. Um, and that was my case. And for, and for many of those years, I received two ballots. I, I lived in Oregon that does uh, by uh, voting by mail only. You can't go to a, vo- uh, a voting place. Uh, they send it to you in the mail and you send it back in. And I received two ballots, one at my mother's house and another at my residence where I lived. I could have for years, and, and, I, and I tried, believe it or not, I tried to correct the problem. But for years, it still went on. I could have voted double what everybody else could could have just simply by filling out that ba- ballot and sending it back in. But I didn't. I, I, I will tell you, I was honest. I did not do that. But I could have. And, and I have seen a number of issues just like this. So what I guess I'm trying to say here is if we're going to shine light on a process that needs to have light shown on it, then why wouldn't we have in-person balloting? Why wouldn't we have voter ID? That would go a long ways toward an open and fair elections. And that is a key part of having a democracy. If you do not have an open 
and fair election process, your society is not going to survive. You have to have trust. You have to have that confidence that if I, if I take and, and give my vote, that it really does count. I mean, it may be one in a, in a million votes nationwide, it, but yet it counts. And if I believe that the election process is flawed and that people are just simply getting away with, with the, this, this darkness and they're getting away with illegal activity and my vote is being nullified by illegal votes, then that system will fail. And this is not biblical. This is not right. And when you see things like this Judge Abrams and you see, you see her um, trying to cover up things, you know there's something there. You know they're scurrying. You know that there's something wrong. And we need to stand up as Christians. We need to stand up as Americans. And we need to make sure that our election process is open and it is honest and it is fair and there is plenty of light that has shined upon it. Now, if you have any comments to this, if you have any questions, you, you agree, you disagree, love to hear from you. Uh, and you can get a hold of us even directly uh, by email. And that is foruncommonsense at gmail.com. That's for, F-O-R, uncommonsense at gmail.com. Thank you for listening. Happy New Year.